Hi everyone and welcome to Meet the Masters, a product marketing podcast dedicated to the core strategies of product marketing. My name is Charlie Gale and I'm a copywriter here at Product Marketing Alliance. PMA is the single largest product marketing community in the world, providing a global platform for new and seasoned PMM professionals to network, learn and thrive in their careers. In this episode, I spoke to Lauren Colbertson, CEO and co-founder of Loop VOC and a B2B SaaS product marketer turned entrepreneur. After 10 years leading product marketing teams, Lauren left the corporate world to start her own software company, solving challenges she faced using customer feedback to drive product growth. This is something that we touch on in today's episode, along with what voice of customer and customer feedback champions are, common mistakes within voice of customer programs and how to avoid them, and what you can learn from the customer research certified master's course we have at PMA, a course that Lauren herself built from her experience and expertise in the field. Hey Lauren, how are you? Hey Charlie, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm great, thank you. It's so lovely to have you here. So lovely to be here. (laughs) Amazing. So I'd like to just jump straight into the questions. First off, you're the instructor for our customer research master's course that we have at Product Marketing Alliance. And so I think it'll be great to know about how you found the process for building the course and why you think customer research is such an essential topic for product marketers to learn. Yeah, um, I really loved working with Product Marketing Alliance to build the course. I thought it was really great because it was such a collaborative process that I could combine kind of my background and expertise on voice of the customer with Product Marketing Alliance's deep understanding of the questions that product marketers are asking specifically about customer research and kind of tweaking the content based on that. So I thought it was really cool to kind of take this broader topic of customer research and voice of the customer and make it super, super targeted and applicable to product marketers, which to your second question, I think is super important because in my opinion, product marketers are really meant to be the CEOs of their product. You know, a lot of people would say CMOs, but I say CEOs because they are really the ones that are driving growth and making sure that their products are um, being used, that they're driving retention, new customer acquisition, and it's so critical for product marketers to stay in touch with what customers need in order to make sure that they're serving them well and getting them to come back and increasing business with them. So that's why I think it is really important for product marketers to take ownership of a program like this. Awesome. Yeah, um, I totally agree. And also with product marketing, um, you know, being the advocate for your customer is such a huge part of the role anyway. So it makes sense that, you know, they're in charge of a lot of customer research. Um, When it comes to customer research, there is so much that goes into it. And I guess for product marketers starting out, it can be quite daunting because they know that they need to be that voice for the customer. For someone starting out, What do you consider to be the key pillar? Yeah, so for someone starting out, I would say that, um, first of all, really making sure that you have cross-functional buy-in around a customer research program is critical. 
a lot of times uh, whoever is in charge of customer research will kind of get started and present their findings on what customers want and need and only to find that they have other departments that either think of customer research in a different way or aren't aligned on the insights being gathered. So really making sure that cross-functional stakeholders who also rely on customer needs to do their jobs like product management, customer success, sales are aligned and really bought into, okay, here is why we need customer research. Here are the questions that we want answered. And here's what we intend to do with the information once we get it. Um, and then once you have that buy-in, I think the the real pillars of the program itself are one, uh, the collection and aggregation of customer feedback to the, classific the classification and analysis of the feedback. And then three, the communication and action on the feedback. So uh, collection would really be, okay, where are all the places that we gather customer feedback? We often think of surveys, but there's a lot of other places where customers give feedback, like online reviews or support tickets. Um, so really making sure we're clear on where and how we're collecting feedback. Um, could also be more deep dives into feedback, like uh user groups even are a great source of feedback or um, or customer phone calls and interviews. Um, the next stage of really analyzing feedback is understanding the key trends and themes coming out of that feedback. So really changing it from just being anecdotal and quantifying, okay, what are the trends and themes? What are the top issues customers are facing? What do they say we're doing well? What can we do about it? And then the action is really all around the what we can do about it and making sure that we're tying these insights into changes we can make either when it comes to positioning, pricing, product roadmap, go-to-market activities, um, and overall customer experience. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So you mentioned about how um, keeping on top of trends. So it's like quite clear that customer needs are changing all the time, just as well as the market changes all the time. What would be your top tips for staying on track and making sure that you're meeting the customer's needs all the time? Yeah, I'd say it's really important for this reason to create a program that's flexible. You know, I think traditionally customer research has kind of been an old school approach where you do a giant survey to customers once or twice a year and you look at that. And in today's world where everyone's connected and customers can give feedback every second um, and to your point, the market's changing faster than ever. Well, that doing that once or twice a year, you're going to be too late. You're going to be behind. So I think in order to stay on top of trends, it's really important to have a transactional and flexible approach. Um, in addition to more formal reporting on a regular basis, you don't want to give that up, but you just, you need to be a little more agile, just like product management's become agile and how they build products. Product marketing needs to be more agile and how we look at feedback. Again, that could be things like looking at online reviews every day, looking at uh, your Salesforce win-loss notes on a weekly basis. It could be um, looking at support tickets that come in. There's tons of feedback that come in on a regular basis that doesn't have to be a complete report, but for product marketers just to kind of stay in tune with what customers are saying, they can start to see trends before they really accumulate and snowball. Um, it's quite interesting when it comes to customer research because 
I guess you're constantly doing it. Whereas with some product marketing strategies, you can, you know, carry out a project or a process and then you can like look back and review it after some time. Is there like a time where like, so how often should PMMs be reviewing their customer research to ensure it stays up to date? Is it a constant process or is it something where you can do a whole project on it and then look back? Yeah, I think that it's um, kind of a twofold approach. There, at a basic level, there should be this constant understanding and monitoring of customer feedback, kind of like you would with, um, you know, you have these big quarterly goals you want to hit, but every day you're taking action and you're monitoring your progress to see if you're going to get there. And I think with customer feedback and customer research, that's similar. You want to have a flexible program where you're looking at feedback every day, you're understanding what customers need, but then you want to have bigger milestones as a part of that. Um, so you do want to have some type of formal reporting, um, I'd say quarterly is the most common that I see companies have where you're kind of aggregating feedback and trends that you've seen over the past quarter. You're tying those themes and trends to business outcomes. So what is the impact of a customer complaint about the product on revenue or churn? What is the impact of pricing that doesn't meet customers' needs on your ability to upsell? Um, kind of quantifying these trends, tying them to business outcomes on a quarterly basis, and then also proposing actions on a quarterly basis so that every quarter you can say, here's the top challenges we saw this past quarter. Here is how those have trended over time. Here's what we said we were going to do about them. Here's what we've actually done about them. And that way you're holding the rest of the company accountable for driving action. Um, so when it comes to like how often research should be reviewed, <clears throat> I think the most important thing is like creating those regular report outs involving the rest of the company. Um, and then in the between that time, really staying in tune on a more day-to-day -day basis on individual customer conversations. Awesome. Thank you. Um, I think that's really helpful to know, I guess, um, that there's a structure to it that you can follow rather than wasting all of your, or not wasting all of your time, but like spending too much time on it or um, too little time. Um, it's nice to know that there's like a structure to it. Um, I'm going back to something that you said um, before. You mentioned this term voice of the customer. Um, it's something that you um, talk about in your course as well. For the listener, can you define what this is? And I guess to make it more understandable, do you have any examples of it in action that you can explain? Yeah, absolutely. So voice of the customer is a term that is used really to describe the process for listening, analyzing, and acting on customer feedback. So, um, you know, a couple of things. One the word customer in the voice of a customer often throws people off, especially in product marketing, because um, you could think, oh, well, what about prospects? But customer in a voice of a customer can mean future customer or prospect. It can mean current customer. You can also have a voice of the partner and voice of the employee program. But I think for voice of the customer, I see it as anyone that could buy your product, who has bought your product, anyone that's really in your market. Um and it really helps product marketers keep a finger on the pulse by one, 
uh, aggregating feedback again across all of the different channels wherever it's being given. So really understanding, okay, what are all the listening posts and um, are we capturing all of our customers' voices or uh, a good representation of our customers' voices to analyzing that feedback to understand what are the top strengths and weaknesses um, that could impact our overall growth and performance. And then three, really acting on that feedback with stakeholders um, by making sure that the product is changing, pricing is changing, distribution is changing, all elements of the go-to-market strategy are changing um, based on that. So I'd say like a really good example would be a company who is uh, kind of looking at all of their feedback. So if they have online reviews, support tickets, Salesforce, win-loss notes, those are three really strong sources of feedback. And then on a monthly basis, they are meeting with uh, their product marketing, product management, customer success meeting, and looking at, okay, what are the top issues coming out of this feedback? And let's say that they found that there was a product feature that was really causing customers to churn. It was causing deals to be lost. It was something that in the market was competitive that this company didn't have. That, that team could then decide that they were going to go build that feature. And then the next month when they looked at the performance after launching the feature, they could see if the feedback improved. And that would be like a perfect example of closing the loop and using a voice of the customer program to drive results. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so you talk about um, it being a voice of customer program. And we spoke a bit before about how it's important for um, product marketers to be carrying out customer research. But why do you think that product marketers specifically should be owning the voice of customer programs? Yeah, I think that this is really important because it. I think it's really hard to be a strong product marketer without deeply understanding customers. And oftentimes product marketers either will come from backgrounds where they know their customers. So they think they don't have to stay on top of how those needs are changing. I myself have been guilty of that in the past. Um, I came from a nonprofit background and I worked at a company that sold nonprofit software. And I thought I knew the customer uh, because I worked in that space, but then you know, a year into my job, I found that technology had changed, the role had changed, and I was out of touch with what I used to do in only a year. So I think one, like really making sure that you understand the customer and you don't assume you know, is so important for a product marketer because you can't, how can you position to them? How can you communicate value if you have no idea what they need? So really understanding how, what customers need is it really the only way that a product marketer can create relevant pricing, products, positioning decisions that will really drive impact. And it also just elevates the role so much. So I know like one of the biggest challenges for product marketers still is, you know, being um, someone that is running around, uh, running fire drills, like not being strategic, kind of being the supporting role that is just given everything that no one else wants to do. And the way that you can combat that and really be seen as like the thought leader and owner of your product is saying no to things that you know don't align with what customers need. So if you can really take that point of view from your customer, you'll be able to make better decisions, you'll be more respected and just ultimately be able to drive more impact at your company. Thank you. Yeah, I really like what you said about how don't assume that you know. Um, I think that can be 
for anything uh, like any kind of role just don't assume that you know everything that's just one of the biggest mistakes that you can make um one of the questions that I was actually going to ask you is what are some common mistakes that you see within voice of customer programs and how can you avoid them I guess like one of those is that but do you have any any others yeah absolutely um I definitely would say you know Go in with an open mind. Don't assume that you know what the customer needs. That's definitely foundational. The other I kind of touched on before, but I'll go a little more into is because um, I think it's the biggest challenge I see is not getting cross-functional buy-in. So again, um, customer feedback is so interesting and voice of the customer because it really touches every single department at the company, right? Like either from teams that are interfacing with customers or changes that need to be made based on what customers say. I mean, customers are the lifeblood of any company. So if you are creating voice of a customer program, if you skip the step of making sure your product uh, managers, your customer success leaders, your sales leaders, even your finance team aren't bought in on this is what we're going to be doing. We're going to be collecting feedback from customers. We're going to be reviewing it on a quarterly basis to make changes to our product, our pricing. If that you don't get your finance partner on board and you come in the quarter and say, we're changing pricing because of what customers said. And then you find out then we don't need to change pricing just because of what customers said. Well, that's conflict that you just wasted all this time and you need to address that conflict before you get started because there will be conflict. There will be people who push back and say, should we, I mean, it sounds horrible. No one wants to say it, but some people are not as prone to saying customer feedback should be listened to. And then you need to build the case for if we don't listen to customers, here how is, is how our retention, here's how our new customer acquisition, here's how our revenue is going to decline. Um, to a CFO, if you say that, then you they can start to understand and then you have them bought in. So that's just one example of making sure that all of your partners are bought in. So by the time you get to them and say, here are the problems, they're ready to go. They're like, okay, we need to take action because we know how important this is. And then the other uh, part of it is not being agile and really putting too much emphasis on doing the reporting of the analysis. So reporting on something once a year, but not tying it to action. And action is the hardest part because it requires you to influence others to change something. So as we know, as product marketers, product managers don't always agree with what we're hearing should be on the product roadmap. But voice of the customer really is a way to help them see quantified what are the biggest things that are going to impact their product roadmap versus them just saying, oh, this salesperson said we need to change this product feature. So it should help to really quantify the big things to help them take action. But again, I think like one of the biggest mistakes is people look at the voice of the customer just as listening, but it doesn't matter if you listen to customers, that's nice, but a customer doesn't care if you listen to them and you don't do anything about what they say. So closing the loop is super critical. Awesome. I really like that. And also, um, I guess with product marketing in general, um, collaboration with other teams is really important. But specifically with customer research, you need to be working with the teams that are, you know, working on the front line and talking to customers every day like sales. Um, So it totally makes sense, you know, that you need buy in and help from those teams. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So um, within your course, you speak about something called customer feedback champions. 
Um, could you explain what you mean by this term and how you can go about creating them? Yeah, absolutely. So it kind of goes along with uh, the cross-functional buy-in um, is you're going to find roles within your organization that really understand the need for voice of the customer and will do whatever it takes to make that voice heard. And finding those champions will be critical for when there are people that don't understand the need for customer feedback and voice of the customer for you to kind of build your case. So really common examples of like roles or peer, peers that would use customer feedback and embrace it are those roles that are, as you just said, on the front line every day, because they are hearing conversations over and over. And, um, you know, there's tools like Gong that can really help um, you product marketers hear those calls and understand what they're hearing every day. But salespeople and customer success people are hearing the same conversations over and over all day, every day. So if you come in and say, hey, I want to aggregate everything that you're hearing and build a case for making a change that will make it so you can better serve customers, like they're going to be a champion for that because they're often powerless in their ability to do anything about the feedback they're hearing from customers. So really partnering with a sales leader or customer success leader, um, those can be really strong champions. So finding those people that are already so passionate about customer feedback and then using them to kind of build your case. Another would be on the other side, product management, um, because product management often is getting pinged by multiple people throughout the company. We need this, we need that, but they don't have a way to say, say no because they can't see like, okay, what is all of the themes in one place where we can say this is definitively what we need to do. And so they would be a champion for the program because you would be helping them be able to make better decisions by consolidating all of that. So um, really customer feedback champions are the, the peers and stakeholders of your program. They're going to support you. that are going to elevate the program and make it easier for you to be successful. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Um, so that's the end of the questions that I have for you. But I do have some like I reached out to the community to see if they had any questions for you. Um, and I have a few here. So are yeah. you ready to answer them? Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. OK, so the first two questions um, are talking about how um, voice of customer work can impact things, certain things. So the first question was, how can voice of customer work impact a business? And have um, what have you seen in your experience? Yeah, so I think the uh, strongest connection of voice of the customer on the business is net retention. So net retention is not only the retention aspect. So how many customers continue doing business with you year after year and coming back? But it's also how customers are spending more with you. So how customers are buying more products, are upgrading, are um, continuing to buy more and more of your solution. And <clears throat> I think that uh, traditionally product marketing has been more focused on new customer acquisition, but more and more are moving to cover net retention. And Voice of the Customer program <clears throat> impacts this directly because the more happy, positive customers you create, which is the goal of a customer pro of the customer program, the more likely they are to continue doing business with you and to spend more with you. So that's where I've seen the most direct connection. 
Awesome, thank you. I think this kind of like goes into the similar um in a similar thread. So how does voice of customer impact customer engagement and advocacy? And then they carried on and said, for example, does voice of customer change as customers move along in the customer life cycle? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I've seen more and more of this as I've worked with companies where I think it's really important to report on the voice of the customer at different life cycle stages. So um, for example, even reporting on the voice of the customer before they become customers. So right when a deal is closed, that can help you track the expectations that they have going into the company. So what they're excited about when it comes to product pricing, overall customer experience, then um, doing a voice of the customer analysis on, cus- com- on customers that have gone through onboarding and are maybe 30 to 90 days in to understand there's a common friction point. Okay, here's what I expected versus here's what I actually got. And then when they're in the retention stage, kind of understanding, okay, are they level set? Are they still dealing with those issues of broken expectations? Have we made things right? Um, That can be really, really helpful with voice of the customer kind of monitoring in those different stages. And then when it comes to advocacy and the relationship between voice of the customer and advocacy, I think that um, I've seen more and more of a pipeline of voice of the customer into advocacy programs. So with voice of the customer, because you are kind of keeping a finger on the pulse of customers that are giving both positive and negative feedback, if you can have this um, huge list of customers that have given positive feedback, that's an easy transfer to, oh, great. Have you heard about our advocacy program? Have you heard of our customer champions program? And really being able to um, find those people that are willing to speak on your behalf on the great uh, impact you've had for them. Awesome. Thank you. That's really helpful. Um, So the next question was, what are your thoughts on incentivizing reviews and how should we approach this? Yeah, so I think that there's a lot of different thoughts on incentivizing reviews um, and different review companies take different approaches. Some are um, very much into incentivizing reviews because that will increase your volume. Others are more quality over quantity and don't focus on incentivizing reviews and focus more on finding your true customer champions and having them Um, just write a lot more on the review. I think having a mix of both is really helpful. So for example, um, Trust Radius is a review site that does focus more on the quality over quantity. And those types of reviews are less incentivized, um, but they can be so powerful for, they're basically like customer stories, each one of them um, from the mouth of the customer. So having that is really helpful for companies that want to go deep. But then when you're looking at more of like the G2, which I'd say is like the definite leader in the space, you kind of have to play in that world and make sure that you are showcasing your most valuable customers um, on the site. And, you know, you're going to have a lot of companies that go out and will do a review for you without being incentivized. Those are like your biggest champions. But that's often not enough for you to really be able to compete on G2, which is such a growing um, source where customers go to to make their decisions. So I think doing incentives through programs like G2, they have a lot of good strategies out there, is important um, at some level. But it's not the end all be all. 
Brilliant. Thank you. That was really helpful. Um, Okay, so the final question that I have for you, uh, when analysing data, what's the best practice for identifying key trends? Yeah, so I would say there's a lot more of this that I will go into in the course. That's uh, that's kind of a heavy topic, but um, I'd say at a highest level, making sure that you aren't going into analysis paralysis and you're starting with the top themes, like an executive summary of what are the three things that you can quantify that customers need you to change. So your top issues, what are the top three things you can quantify that you're doing well that you should keep doing? Um, and then how did those have these, those things been changing over time? So the top issues that need to change, you could measure that by volume of negative customer feedback. You could measure that by deals that are lost or customers that have churned that ties it to revenue. Um, and then positive feedback, you could do kind of the opposite. You could do volume of positive feedback or the number of promoters. If you're doing like an MPS score, um, you could do uh, the number of customers that have upsold and the reason that they have bought more products and that could tie it to revenue. But that way you you kind of have these big high level themes and then you can build more analysis and supporting data to understand, okay, what are the trends within that? Is it larger customers or smaller customers that have this issue? Is it certain geographic regions? I mean, kind of drill down from there, but having that executive summary is really important. Brilliant, thank you. I've really appreciated talking to you about all of this because personally, I think that um, customer research is one of the most important functions within any company, let alone product marketing. So I think this has been really great. And as you said, like the listener can learn much more about this in your course. So definitely check it out if that's something that you're interested in. And I'm convinced that you will find a lot of value out of it. Um, Lauren, knows her beans she knows what she's talking about so (laughs) definitely um check it out so just to wrap it up lauren can you let the listener know where they can find you and also if there's anything that you're working on at the minute or anything else that you'd like them to know yeah um you can email me at lauren at lootvoc.com always happy to chat um about where you are and your voice of the customer journey love learning more um you know, this is this is all I do is work with companies to help them with um, programs like this. So even if it's just a conversation, I'm always open to chatting and seeing how I can help. Perfect. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks so much, Charlie. This is fun. So there we have it. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you'd like to learn more about the Customer Research Master's course, check it out on our website at www.productmarketingalliance.com or check out the show notes for more information. Thanks for listening and see you next time.